Hey, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to the Effort of Community Church weekly podcast, a conversation with our pastors and leaders meant to continue encouraging you to know God, know freedom, know purpose, and make a difference. Hey, Effort of Community Church family, Jim Ehrman here, your teaching pastor. I think I have a new title, but more importantly, I have with me... <laughs> it's going to take a while to, to, to adjust, make right? that transition. Hey, as long as people like me. Um, I, well, you can call me anything you want. But all that to say, I'm with Nate Kendall. Just to remind you all, Nate Kendall is our director of IT, but I think even more importantly to what we all experience each week, it's him, it's Drew Yount, who's behind the camera now. These are the people who make our whole production happen, particularly our online communities. Thankful and any of us who are watching stuff afterwards. So let me just give you two a shout out. Thank you for the work you do. Thanks, Jim. It's yeah. an honor. Also, I want to make sure you all know that Nate's married to Tara Kennel, same last name, ironically. <laughs> um, but uh, Tara, just so you know, to put you all on, her on, her, her on your radar, is she is the delightful woman who prayed with the children at the end and had them pray over the congregation. So just trying to help you put names with faces. Anyway, yep. it, it was a great weekend together. I enjoyed it. But then again, that's probably not fair because I was actually the person up front speaking. But I just loved following up that reading that we did two weeks ago and then to dive into this book. How did you experience it? Yeah, absolutely. There were a lot of beautiful moments and I agree. It was like a great segue kind of from the overall reading, especially I was talking to you uh, beforehand about the arc Mm -hmm. that I love the way that you brought that out. Reading the whole book of Revelation altogether Mm -hmm. gives you a whole different picture yeah, those, versus this way we read it, like we real, I realize we read it chopped chunks up. Yeah. And, and the perspective that that gives you, um, especially like you said, coming back to the worthiness of Jesus over and over and how, what encouragement that is when instead of just focusing on the calamities individually, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and, and, and the perspective that gives you on what, what heaven's really, how heaven's really looking at the way uh, our earth is happening. <laughs> yeah, I think the only person, I didn't have a lot of time to go into this on Saturday and Sunday, but the only person that's expressing sadness in the book of Revelation is John. Hmm. And it's there in chapter five when he says, I saw all these scrolls that have the calamities in them um, and they they had a seal on them. And who who had the authority? In other words, in those days, if you had the authority to open the seal, yeah. you had the authority to deal with what was contained hmm. within it, right? And so John's sitting there, and it's the only sadness. It's as if, it's as if the rest of heaven knows there's this confidence yeah. of you realize what it meant for God to become man and to mm-hmm. suffer. Don't worry, the power has been released to deal with this. Yeah. And even the elder that comes up and it says, and he and he tells John, John, you do not need to be sad. There is one who can deal with this, right? And how often that returns, I think that's wow. what hit me during the broad reading was, no one else in heaven seems stressed over yeah. these calamities, yeah. right? And I love and, it. And I think we don't often think of the book of Revelation as encouragement, but that's mm-hmm. the word that kept coming back to me as I was thinking through this after your message. Uh, and that's what we really talk about in New Testament prophecy as being encouragement, mm-hmm. right? But we don't think of the kind of apocalyptic prophecy yeah, being yeah. <laughs> encouragement. Yeah. We lump it up with like this kind of absolute Armageddon-ish prophecy, yeah, right? right? When, when, when really it's... It has a different tone when you start to view it through yeah, these angles. But you're right. He was very quickly corrected by the angel, right? Yeah, he, one of the don't, elders, yeah. Don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Don't be so 
Yeah, he's in, he's in despair, uh, basically. And uh, you also highlighted the time that John was actually in. And now I'm thinking of like, oh, our our complete perspective as earthly beings mm-hmm. is can so easily be to forget about what's really going on here in a broader mm-hmm. sense. And maybe that's the whole point, right, about the revelation that's of right. Jesus Christ and his worthiness. You talked about the time in history yeah, that, John that John was, was reading. In. It. Wasn't that a little insane? I saw in this one woman's eyes in the audience when I mentioned like, hey, Paul's been dead for 30 years. Wow. Like, we don't think about that when you think about the New Testament, that you're almost a, John is writing so late in the time that, 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 do you know what I the world is actually weird. thought at that moment? How can he not be completely discouraged and depressed? I, <laughs> how was he even open to receive the, that kind of revelation? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, he had seen uh, the power of the Holy Spirit operating yeah. and had a unique look. And he, uh, there's all kinds of stories about that time of John's life that don't mm-hmm. make it into the scripture, right? But right. Uh, and the way that he was kept alive and 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 so forth. But all of his compadres mm-hmm. had died terrible deaths. That's right. That's right. The <laughs> church is struggling at the moment. Persecutions, not even on the rise, but it is public persecution, yeah. not even behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, and I don't think the book of Revelation can be all about just God or Jesus being like, we need to encourage John here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's more than that. It's all about all of us, but he certainly needed to see into and to have peeled back like what's really going on here that's right Um, i think the other thing that like you're lighting up in my own brain you're taking me back to even what i was reflecting on was i wanted to highlight the difference between the opening of genesis where Mm -hmm. god in a sense has created this playground sandbox for us and is wanting to in a sense, hang behind the scenes and be hmm. known by how he interacts with people. Revelation opens up with, hey, let me just break it to you. I am the beginning, yeah. the end, Alpha and Omega. <laughs> it, it opens up with a different scene, but yeah. how quickly then it pivots back to what gives Jesus authority to deal with the seals and the scrolls and the calamities yeah. is the fact that he came among us and suffered. Wow. Like, I, 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 I There are no words, as you can probably tell with my stuttering. (laughs) There is something about the the incarnation, the death, and the resurrection of God in Christ that we don't even begin to touch the hem of, right? It's just there's something there. Well, and and the more mature you see the New Testament, the apostles Mm -hmm. getting, I feel like the more they start to just talk about that, right? That's right. This is the only thing I want to know about. That's right. I've, I've, I've joked about this. Not even joked about it. I've said this before on the podcast. When I study the Apostle Paul, you know, the Apostle Paul does not talk about the teachings of Jesus. Yeah. He just doesn't. Um, he talks about the death and the resurrection hmm. of Jesus. Incarnation in Philippians, but the death and the resurrection. He knew that there was something there that we were tapping into. So I pray for that for us as a community. You know, you, you caught me at the beginning where I remind everyone, don't kick your cradle. Hmm. But it is okay to look at your own communities and say, was I living in a bit of an escapist worldview? A, yeah. a mild form of escapism that I'm a futurist hoping that the th- that I get out of here before the things in this book ever happen. Yeah. And I, f- I didn't, I missed that great phrase there in chapter one and chapter five where it says, and because he sacrificed himself, he has made you a kingdom and priest unto God, right? Yeah. And, and and that you will reign on the earth. And I'm like, wow, that's not escapist language. You yeah. have been made a kingdom, you have made been priests, and you will reign. Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus, more of that, please, more of that. 
Wow. Yeah, I, that's so good. That I, I don't often think of, yeah, I don't have to think of that. But I love the, the importance of the incarnation. And I'm thinking of that escapist language you're talking about. And I'm thinking like God could have created a, a different kind of realm mm-hmm. or he could just make everything perfection. Um, but there's something that he's done that's... Mm-hmm important about the manifestation of things on the earth. That's right. Important enough that heaven isn't, earth isn't just a shadow of heaven. That's right. Heaven also in the picture of revelation is in a, keeps in a looking, relationship. Right. Keep, why is heaven keep looking back to earth? I mean, right. in some sense I'm going, why? That's right. <laughs> but uh, this morning I thought of Job and, and how, you know, the angels all came and First thing God says is, "Have you seen my servant Job?" That's right. <laughs> yeah, and I think of Ezekiel, like, "Behold, I looked for someone to stand in the gap." There is some type of inner relationship between the heavenlies and, dare I say, even the warfare slash battle, whatever language, the drama of the heavenlies is linked to us, right? So yeah. we we carry a peculiar authority, and it's not just in living moral. I, I was I've been thinking this yeah. week, like, is it my moral living that keeps hmm. the devil from manifesting? It is partly my more morality, but it's also part of my authority hmm. um, to be a son and daughter of the king who carries authority um, and advances the kingdom. Yeah. That's something that I want us to keep exploring. Um, I want us to be a holy church, but I want us to be an advancing church, too. But this brings me to something. Do you mind if I cheat? No. Yeah, I teased everybody on Sunday morning with this, you know, here's four frames, historical yeah, yeah. lenses through which Revelation has been been read, the futurist, the preterist, or the preterist, um, the historic, and then the ideal. So I just want to remind everybody again of those, because yeah. you brought up one point about the mirroring thing, and mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in a second. But just to remind you all, these are four, truthfully, I, I, legitimate ways to view Revelation. Now, for the last 170 years in the West, the North Atlantic West, Certain views around the futurist has been the way to the, the, um, the predominant way, but never in the history of the church have these four not always been held. But at different points in histories, different ones were held with different weight. Yeah. Now it's awful, oftentimes easy, particularly in the 21st North century North American church, to think that our revelation and insight is the most progressed <laughs> version of any revelation ever happened. I'm not sure of that. Um, yeah. But I, so I will remind you some of these other views matter. The futurist believes that everything you're reading is going to happen sometime yet in the future. Maybe one or two things have already slid in. Uh, the preterist says, no, no, pretty much it all happened around 70 AD. And uh, and there's, man, there is hundreds of years of church thinking just around that, like super analyzing that text around the year 70 AD when Jerusalem fell for mm-hmm. the last time until modern day Jerusalem was established. And then of course you have the historic, which is like, no, it pretty much stretches from Jesus being born, that great child being born in Revelation, all the way up to now and into the future. And then last but not least, well, this is all imagery that just reminds us that all of life is some great battle between good and evil and the good ultimately triumphs. So they're all profound. Now what I don't have time to show you is there are strengths of each of those Mm -hmm. four. And then there's always about, it's so hilarious when I was doing a little bit of study ahead of it. Uh, there's always like two passages for each one that stumble that view. Right? Oh, yeah. If you're going to do the futurist, right. oh, you got to explain Jesus's birth, right? If it's all about going to be in the future. And if you're going to, so just so you know, I found it just hilarious that every one of them has like two chinks in their armor right. for why it can't be the sole view. And I, I just let you know that um, 
I do know that these things matter, and mm -hmm. I and I do know they bring a certain level of urgency, mm -hmm. etc., to what's going on, or a certain amount of preparation for what it means to church. But I had to go back in this opening weekend to worthy is the lamb. It, may our study into this book begin with the reading of it and then pausing to worship. And I have to tell you, yeah. the spirit the spirit of worship was on that service yeah. way before we ever got to the message, right? Yeah, so absolutely. that's the beauty of hmm. the spirit saw us preparing our hearts and minds for a spirit of worship to set the stage and met us. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. not making that one up, man. It wasn't just the spirit of worship at the end. It absolutely. was And that carried through. through from the reading, the, you know, yeah, the, the, the week weekend before, before mm -hmm. um, which was awesome. And I think that sets the stage. And like you said, I, I think some of these details are important, uh, or or God hadn't wouldn't have revealed yeah, them right. in a very specific in an apocalyptic way. <laughs> way, right? He yeah. knew that we were going to invite yeah. a bunch of angles on this thing. Yeah, when no, apocalyptic uh, way is the way he rates this book. Uh, yeah, and angles is a good way to put it, or like a gem, like a gem. I mean, it reminds me of yeah, the, di the diamond. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, I think that that's part of the mystery of even even the gospel in its simplicity has. Mm viewpoints or facets or and it's like Jesus it's like it's interesting because he would say things like all of this can be wrapped up in love God mm -hmm. and he was fine just saying that and it, that in its that can be wrapped up that, that's a that's truth right. in itself but then he wasn't <clears throat> afraid to speak things in parables for instance that that's couldn't right. be understood right. and to invite kind of the mystery yeah. of and it. the wrestling that's right yeah, and yeah. that's what and we're really doing with this life exactly it's a healthy tension that happens and mm -hmm. i even tried to show for those of you who were here on saturday i spent a little more time on a passage out of acts chapter one on sunday where if the luke records jesus's last words is this i just want to read it again uh and he records jesus's last words in the opening words of the book of acts which he also wrote and on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Now, this is after he's risen from the dead. They think he's going to be around. He's mm -hmm. having a meal with them. He's doing meals with them. Yeah. And he says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water. But in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then I love the questions that the disciples, their minds racing, right? Like, you just rose from the dead. Now's our time to set up a kingdom. Wouldn't it be neat if we formed an army, marched against Rome? You could just raise people from the dead yeah. from behind, right? And even if they kill you, you're just going to rise again. Like, so there's this whole thing. And then they asked this. And then they gathered around him and said, Lord, is it this time you're going to restore the kingdom mm. of Israel? And so even when I look at the way we sometimes read the book of Revelations, we read it as if we're building kingdoms mm -hmm. still or something, right? Or yeah. we're preserving a kingdom or something. And then Jesus' mm. final words, by, according to Luke, are, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father's set by his own authority, but you will receive power hmm. when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What? And then he drops the mic. The literally yeah. next verse as he leaves. Yeah. I mean, now, dude, you're like, we were having a meal. You've been with us for 40 days. This felt like it was a good uh, thing. You're gone again, getting back right. to like Jesus being right. like, but here's what he left us with. Unwrap this gift of the Holy Spirit hmm. and trust me, hmm. it all comes together in the end. And so I do believe, getting back to something you said just before we started here, I don't realize the full, I don't think we full, realize the full authority yeah. we have to be part of yeah. this story. Oh, I, 
that revealed something to me. Uh, I don't know the way that you articulated it, but it was like basically the church in this hour doesn't realize that, yeah, the part that they have in this story. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, isn't that some uh, space-time continuum <laughs> stuff? Trust me, <laughs> The man. book's already written, man. That's what, you know, I'm thinking the book's written, um, but it's apocalyptic and it's prophecy and it's a revelation of Jesus who mm-hmm. is and was and is to, is come, to come. And oh. we're a part of that story. That's... Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> oh, man. And I'll remind so. you his, his opening words in Revelation, I am the Alpha and Omega. Jesus, thank you for that and for always being there in between. Yeah. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Next week, um, believe it or not, I'm up again. I'm going to be looking at the seven churches and what Jesus is saying to them. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hope to have you be a part of that. And uh, we will see you in a couple days, if not sooner. Until then, have a great week. See you then. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged by listening and that you'll join us again next week. You can listen to previous episodes, find additional resources, and of course, learn more about us by visiting effortacommunitychurch.com. Community